that talk, like it challenged me in a way that I had never experienced and it changed my life. You're the adult, you know, you're the one mentoring. Military, you know, you gotta deal with people that's not from your block. Mentoring and, and helping be leaders and helping shape these young men. This country was made great by, by so many accomplishments. Good day, everybody. Uh, here we go, Ron Real. Vet Talk with PJ Cowan, and today we have a uh, very, very special guest on the show. Uh, Carl Ratke is in the building, everybody. Hey, Carl, how you doing? Doing well, PJ. Thanks for having me on, man. Man, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, and and I appreciate you coming on and and uh, uh, sharing some of your story with us. Uh, man, I'm I'm gonna dive right on in this, you know. But before we get right into it, uh, uh. Carl, can you kind of tell me who was Carl before Summer House and Winter House? Well, I mean, I was kind of a, a young, immature, um, you know, guy trying to figure out his life in New York City, a hardworking, you know, professional. Um, you know, I, I went to Syracuse University and studied TV and film at the Newhouse School. So I'd always, you know, loved the TV industry and had hopes and dreams of maybe acting or, or producing films. Um so yeah, my my trajectory and journey has been a little interesting. Where I you know I graduated from college and I moved to Los Angeles and I worked I worked in the TV industry for a few years. Okay, uh, I, worked, I worked on Criminal Minds, which was on CBS, <laughs> uh, kind of behind the scenes, and then kind of got disillusioned by the industry a little bit. Um, you know, realizing I was working crazy hours and not making a ton of money and not really getting further up the ladder. Yeah, and had a friend who was work working uh, for a medical device company, making crazy money, driving a company car, playing golf on Friday, going out to nice dinners, and asked him, "I'm like, what do you do?" And he's like, "I work for this sales company." So he got me into sales, and that kind of took me off onto a new direction. So I was kind of a career uh, sales guy for you know in medical device and yeah, kind of traveling around, and that that did lead me coming back to New York City, and yeah, I mean, kind of a uh, kind of a hopeless, charismatic, you know, guy who, um, you know, is always trying to find his way in the world and make some money, build some relationships, maybe start a cool business, maybe be a part of a cool business. Um, but yeah, summer house and winter house certainly has changed my life forever. Uh, and I fully embrace that, but it's been, it's been really integral and, and you know, critical to my growth as a person. Okay. Um, you, you can learn a lot about yourself by watching yourself back on TV for seven years. Oh, I, I, I bet. So how did it come about that you joined these shows and, you know, explain to the audience a bit about the process of being hired to be a part of these both, both of those series? Yeah, I mean, it was just very organic um, and very authentic. You know, I in New York City, you know, when I, I got to New York City in 2013 and, you know, I had met some friends who were telling me about this house that they were renting and it was in the Hamptons. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, everybody kind of puts their money in and you pick different weekends and you all stay in a house, you know, in the Hamptons, which is like 20 somethings, 30 somethings, people party, people hook up, people have a got, you know, good time. They let loose, they spend money. Um, so these are like, party houses then, right? Yeah. Like a party house, you know, and yeah. just kind of having a good time and enjoying the fruits of your label la labor. I mean, New York city, it's a fast paced environment. And sometimes, you know, in the summer it gets really hot here. So people flee, uh, and one of those places is the Hamptons. So, you know, Kyle, who's one of my best friends, he was someone that, you know, was initially um, kind of sought after by some, you know, production folks to potentially do something 
And I had met Kyle in the Hamptons and I'd met a lot of friends in those initial summers before it was ever a show. And yeah, like it was just very organic. They really liked Kyle and Kyle had a, a big group of friends and I was a part of that group. Okay. Um, and they, you know, the, the, the girls and the guys came together, but it was a really authentic group of friends who we were already doing this kind of thing. You know, you yeah. rent a house, you go out there, you know, maybe not every single weekend, like we've done on the show, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a big thing here in, in New York with, you know, young professionals and people who, you know, like to have a good time. Um, it, so, so then for a few seasons, you really, so you really did party together. Y'all had a good time. Um, but for, but during the pandemic, the game kind of changed a bit and you all had to live under one roof for six weeks straight. Uh, can you explain to myself and the audience uh, when you made that d important decision from going to this party house to going into um, more of a, so a sobriety and uh, during that pandemic and uh, the drama of being uh, sober from going into this, you know, party house to uh, being sober. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, listen, it, you know, the summer house is certainly it centers a lot around having a good time and drinking and, you know, we we've been lucky to be able to do this for several, you know, we're now in season seven, but, you know, from seasons one through five, you know, I was, you know, pretty much always just kind of very uh, up and down and volatile. And a lot of that was a, as a result of my drinking and partying. And, you know, it really took a lot of, I think, to look myself in the mirror and, and take what I was watching. I mean, I'd watch the show back and trust me. I mean, it's not easy to watch yourself back when you're really drunk and angry or emotional um, but it's also not a lot of people have footage of their weekends in the summer to draw upon and, and kind of nice. reflect. I mean, if, if a lot of people saw how they acted, they probably would make changes too. I so I have a lot to thank for being on the show that allowed me to see and, and learn and kind of equate it to, to sports. I mean, a lot of great athletes, they watch film after the game, like they watch themselves play the game that they just played and they learn from their mistakes and, you know, they missed the block or they missed, uh, you know, or whatever, a shot. And that, that was how I kind of looked at it. I was like, I'm going to use this and, and, and really learn. And I realized I have a problem with alcohol and I needed um, to address it. Yeah. Um, and that all kind of compounded with the pandemic. You know, I yeah. think we all were kind of in a weird place in March of 2020, yeah. April of 2020, and, you know, sitting around being very isolated. I just was like, I got to get sober. So I really started that journey then um, but then the, the season you're discussing where we were all in the house for about, you know, six weeks straight. Yeah. We were fortunate to be able to still shoot a, a reality show during the pandemic, but there were some challenges. Just we weren't allowed to have parties, obviously. And yeah. it was a little bit more of a pressure cooker. But that summer, you know, I got the news um, while we were filming that my brother had overdosed and passed. And that just really I mean, that changed my life forever and was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to encounter. So far, um, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, how 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 did you stay on track? You know, during during that time, I mean, you get this call. You know, you're going through, you know, your sobriety. Uh, how did you stay on track and and not use alcohol as a way to to make the pain? You know, especially when you know you're you're on this show and it's and it's aired. You know, it it was really hard. I mean, I'll be honest. I going into that summer, I, you know, was moderating my drinking, I, I would take some days off, but I still, you know, thinking, oh, I can just drink beer, or I can just drink a glass of wine. Yeah, you know, anybody who can relate to sobriety can understand what I'm talking about. I think everybody tries so many different things until they're like, 
okay, like I just need to not. Um, but my brother had passed and, you know, he had addiction challenges and he was aware of some of my, my challenges. And I think was always optimistic that I would kind of see the light and improve, you know, my life and make better choices. But, you know, when he, when he passed, it really just rocked me to the core. Yeah. But I'll be completely honest. I didn't just immediately go, okay, I'm getting sober fully. It took me a, a few months after he passed to really wrap my head around the fact that I actually really need to take this seriously. Cause you know, grieving the loss of your sibling while drinking and, and using hard drugs is just no way to operate. Yeah. Um, and I found myself, you know, after the loss of my brother, after the funeral, getting back into New York city after the summer, you know, I'd be alone a lot. I was drinking more by myself. Mm. I was using other drugs by myself. It was just becoming kind of a, very toxic and dark place and a lot of people you know do hit a rock bottom or or hit that yeah. point where they just are had enough um i had a moment in early of 2021 january which is my sobriety date now um right i i hit my rock bottom you know i yeah. drank a bunch of wine by myself i had called some people and kind of scared them i had just had a lot of just really just scary behavior that my friends and family were really really concerned um, and they were very supportive of me, you know, really taking that next step, which is, I, you know, I didn't go to rehab or anything, but I okay. really committed to going to AA. I really committed to working with a therapist and I talked to my therapist about the struggle. And, and before yeah. I, before I used to not even tell my therapist about my drinking or drug use, I would just talk about relationships or my family, but yeah. I wasn't getting to the core of what, what I was dealing with. Um, and, you know, I really had to make a daily effort, you know, to like, it's hard work, but I met some really important mentors and sponsor people and folks who also were able to get sober and that the community of sober people is really what helps proliferate, you know, more sober people, because you can kind of identify with people, I would go to a meeting or meet someone stronger together. Yeah, successful guys, well dressed, and he's like, five years sober. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay, like I can, if that guy can do it, I can do it. And then you'd meet yeah. someone who just entered the room who's sober for a day and you see how they're in their dark place and struggling to come to grips. And that whole community is really what opened my eyes to, you know, didn't feel alone, didn't feel, um, just felt like very like, okay, like there's other folks that are just like me. Yeah. If they, if they can persevere and they can get through things, um, then so can I. So it's it's a constant journey, but, you know, I think, it, it takes, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of self-reflection and, and looking in the mirror and just. Man, Carl, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing to hear. And, and, and big kudos to you because it does, man, it, it, it takes a lot to, you know, be open, be real and vulnerable. You know what I mean? Uh, it's hard. I mean, especially for, for men, um, yes. you know, I'm probably a little more of the, on the vulnerable side than most, but I think a lot of guys, you know, they want to be tough. They want to, you know, kind of hold things in, um, be stoic. And I, I can relate to that feeling, but I think, it, you know, for, for myself, it's been really important to, to share my honesty and my truth. Cause I think there's a lot of men out there that maybe similar to me that can relate to my story. And I, I truthfully, I know that I've inspired people and I've connected with people that who wrote me on Instagram or messaged me on an email and said, Hey, like I actually got sober because of you, or I've, I've been able to deal with the loss of my brother because you dealt with the loss of yours, or I've been able to help people realize they need to get therapy or mental health. Yeah. You know, support. Dude. And, and isn't, that, isn't that a great feeling? Oh, that's you know? like, that's what it's all about. Like yeah. that's for me, 
I didn't, it's like I had this realization because I, you know, started taking care of myself, really looking out for me and what was best for me. And that helped other people. Like that was like crazy to me that like, if I help myself, I'm going to help other people. Man. And, and, and I love that you, you've used that and you've turned it, you know, uh, from this thing that was something negative, but turning into something positive. And then you're, you're out here and you're blessing and helping your story is helping so many others. You know, I, I think that's amazing. And then like, so for you with even your support system, right? So you, uh, you've had so much support from your fiance, uh, Lindsay, who is on the show with you, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, and uh, during that time, um, she chose to stop drinking for a period of time in order to stand beside you and support you. Yep. Um, how much does that uh, mean to you and how much stronger has it made y'all's relationship? I mean, it made me cry when she she told me she was going to do that to support me. And it was kind of in the infancy of our dating relationship. Now we had been best friends for for many years before that and very close. Um, but it was at a pivotal time in my sobriety. And, you know, I think I needed to really, you know, needed that support and and to have her really acknowledge it and, and take that step with me was unbelievable. You know, what was really beautiful about it too, though, is she also, I think, saw a lot of benefits of it after about four or five months. She was like, wow, my skin looks better. I'm sleeping better. Wow. Um, you know, she saw a lot of things that I was also like that. It just, it wasn't like it was all for me. Like she was able to to see a lot of benefit of it too. Um, but that, you know, we've met a lot of couples these days that, you know, one, one partner is sober, the other one still drinks and how do they navigate that? And it's a relatable thing. And it's something we constantly talk about and we're, we continue to, to work on. Um, but yeah, when your partner can kind of be on the same level as you and understand what you're dealing with, um, you know, we're a team and that, that yeah. team aspect was, was really powerful. Um, so yeah, here I am. I just, I just celebrated, you know, two years and in, in January of no alcohol and man, congratulations, Carl, two years, two years. that's, that is amazing. Thank like you. really. And I mean, and, and congrats. Cause then, you know, even with the thing, you know, reality TV is not for the faint of hearts, <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? And so no, it's not. Well, uh, it's, it, alcohol becomes a kind of a crutch. I think sometimes in reality TV, because yeah, some people, you know, there's a camera in your face or there's, you know, difficult conversations or drama. It's easy to 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 reach for a bottle or, or a can of beer or, or lover boy or whatever. And that for me was something I always leaned on. You know, I'd, I'd get anxiety about, you know, something I did the night before and I'd drink through it to feel better about it. Or, you know, I was stressed out about work or relationship. I mean, it, it was an easy crutch, especially on TV, because it gave me more like confidence to kind of like get through it what what are the biggest challenges for you then with um with being and staying sober on reality tv then i mean it, it definitely has its challenges i mean there's certain at certain points you know you kind of hit a wall you're just like you, you just get sick and tired of being around super drunk people um <laughs> but that also is just a, a cue for me to like separate myself for a little bit or go to bed or you know go you home know. yeah um the way i look at it is this like I wouldn't be able to do summer house if I still drink. Okay. You know, it, it's allowed me a lot of a, a new lease on life. It's given me a lot of balance and perspective. I'm a lot nicer to be around. I'm a lot more, you know, just calm and I'm a lot more present. And, you know, I, if there's a lot of times where I don't remember some of the dumb things I've done and being yeah. present in your, you know, in my fiance's life, being present with my friends, that's a gift too. And they don't have to worry about me as much. And, 
Um, but yeah, like, listen, I, I've learned a lot about non-alcoholic drinks. You know, there's a lot of mocktails out there these days. There's, there's beer with no alcohol. There's a lot of new products that for me personally have been really important because I just need something in my hands. Yeah. You know, and it's that social anxiety sometimes, but it's like, dude, as long as you got something bubbly or a little flavor, sweet, whatever, it just, it helps. So I've learned a lot about what tools, you know, I always have something in my hand, seltzer, non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Um, I, I, I used to love those. Uh, so, you know, I'm ex-military. And so uh, in uh, my deployments in Iraq, so we, it was uh, what it called mirror beer. So okay. We, yes. <laughs> the, the non-alcoholic the beer. beer. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for your service. My, my grandfather was Marine and my uncle was a Marine. So well, thanks. I appreciate that. Always uh, very, very, very connected to, you know, our veter veterans and, you know, our military service. We, you know, my um, part of also, I mean, I was going to say just giving back to it's, it's been, it's been fun in a, in a way to, like I said, the, the giving back aspect, you know, being able to leverage our platform yeah. to help others. And, you know, we've, I've raised some money for addiction. I've raised money for mental health uh, support for our veterans. I've been able to really connect it and it's not all about you know getting followers or being most liked on the show like i've been able to really give back and i'm really proud of that and man uh, well, I, 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 I thank you for your service and, and and your help as far as with that because thanks and, and again you know you don't see you know many uh, uh people who, who who do that and 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 understand the struggle you know with that especially with veterans and uh, addiction and yeah all you know what i mean it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I saw it in my uncle who, you know, fought in Vietnam and, you know, he struggled with addiction. And, you know, I think a lot of, if anybody deserves service or deserves support and health resources, it, it is our veterans. So I've, I've worked closely with like the Headstrong Project and there's another uh, organization our friend started, which is really all about getting mental health services for our veterans and making it more accessible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it's stuff that kind of does tie in. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a, a veteran myself, but you know I'm able to leverage my platform, and you know I have friends that are veterans. We have a new cast member this season on Summer House who's a uh, a military veteran. He was a Marine. Oh, um, jarheads! He, he's a he's a badass, <laughs> and he's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he he's going to bring that perspective on this season, which I think is great too. Oh, I can't, I can't, more. I can't wait, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, you'll you'll like Chris. He, he's a guy from Florida. He's, he's, he's a bro, but he's, it's funny. He loves the camaraderie. He loves yeah. like, he brings yeah. a lot of, you know, good energy to the house. Man, that's, that's awesome. And so then speaking of, of that, so Carl, you've worked with um, um, an alcohol company, Loverboy, uh, while yes. sober. Uh, what was that like for you? And do you have any advice for others in the industry who are also on a journey uh, uh, to be, to, to be sober sobriety? Yeah, great. I mean, great question. Um, you know, I've big, big part of an alcohol brand called Loverboy. You know, Kyle, you know, my best friend, he's the founder and his wife, Amanda. You know, I was an investor early on in the business and a big supporter. Kyle's a friend. I really believed in his vision. You know, I was still drinking at that time and, you know, partying. And I thought, okay, this is a great idea. I love it. And then I decided I was like, you know what, I could actually bring my skill set of sales and networking and business development to support the brand. So I started working there and it just took off and it's been an unbelievable ride. And we've been working our asses off and we've been making, you know, traveling around the country and we're now a nationwide company and we're in nice. 44 States. We're at whole foods, we're at target, we're at Kroger, we're at these major grocery chains and, and total wine and all these places. But at the same time, I was kind of going through this personal transition 
And it was scary. You know, I think it's, it's conflicting, but what I did learn and for those listening, there's a lot of sober people that work in the alcohol industry, excuse me, the amount of people I met bartenders don't drink. I met managers of restaurants and bars who don't drink. I've met people who work at alcohol companies and brands that, that don't drink. And if you think about it, you know, you're consumed by that all the time and you're constantly in that environment. It just, you know, it gives you different perspective, but again, similar to me being able to be on summer house, the reason I'm still on summer house is because I don't drink. Now, the reason I'm able to work at an alcohol company is because I don't drink. If I was drinking, I wouldn't be able to work at Loverboy because it just, it wouldn't work. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be accountable. I wouldn't be responsible. I wouldn't show up on time. I'd be argumentative. I wouldn't be present. And that's what the brain shift I needed to do is it's a gift that's allowing me to be a part of this company and allowing me to really focus on the the job itself. Cause you know, you never don't get high on your own supply. Like and that, <laughs> that was facts. becoming a, a problem working when I was still drinking. I'd be drinking lover boy at 2 PM and then through the night and that's a Tuesday and I do it on a Wednesday and the next thing you know, it's the weekend. So it, it, once you separate yourself from it, it's an industry. I understand that it is a vice. I understand that, but yeah. I'm just so proud. I've been a big part of building something so unique. And maybe there's a future where a non-alcoholic lover boy is born, um, which is cool because there's a lot more, you know, awareness around people not drinking and there's less of a stigma around sobriety. So, so with that, I mean, I I think that would be awesome. You know, uh, lover, lover boy, mere, mere drinks. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. So, so with that, so Carl, what would you say to people out there uh, that are that are trying to get sober and fear losing friends, uh, thinking they can't be around alcohol because you know they don't think you know they're strong enough, or just simply that you know uh, the fun may change. Yeah, I mean, listen, all those things might feel very overwhelming and, and true, um, but I think if you listen, if you lose friends because you get sober, they probably weren't your friend to begin with. That part. Um, <laughs> you know, I think number two is that waking up and feeling good in the morning. You know, anybody who wakes up and is hungover or anxious, depressed, let's remember alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. You know, people care about what they put in their bodies these days. People worry about sugar. People worry about too much calories. Alcohol has an impact on your body. Like I don't eat certain like red tomato sauces because it makes my stomach upset. Yeah. Like, you know, similar thought process, alcohol made me sick. Um, and so once you kind of separate it and understand like, okay, like you have a respect for it. Um, it just, it opens up kind of a new, a new world for you. You meet other sober people who you can connect on a deeper level. You maybe cut out some people that weren't as healthy for you. Uh, I'll also say financially, man. I mean, the amount of money that you'll save is unbelievable. You know, the decision, like not only just buying the booze, but the result of long nights of drinking, the, the Ubers late at night, the order of late night food orders, the dumb bar tabs, other other substances come into play. Just the volatility of it, it, it just gave me a balance that I was so seeking. Yeah. And, you know, I struggle with anxiety and depression, and I was only exacerbating those things by drinking so much. Mm-hmm. So I've now been able to actually get under control a lot of this anxiousness and this depression yeah. because I removed that substance. So listen, I, I might be lame, but I'm actually, I'm not an asshole anymore. Well, maybe I am a little bit sometimes, but you know, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Carl, you know, from a veteran to you, uh, man, uh, 
I respect and and appreciate your story. I mean, dude, you know, even hearing everything that we've we've talked about, you've given me goosebumps, and it's and it's awesome. Oh. And, and I hope a lot more people hear hear this because you know it's not lame to not drink. Honestly, man, you you're one of the cool kids to me. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there, there's definitely a lot of fear and trepidation about change in general. Um, but with change, things new doors open always and. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the thing that it, it, it could it give you a whole new perspective on your life. And the very thing that like alcohol for me, it, once I was able to come to understanding of it, I mean, my life has completely changed for the better. And, yeah. you know, going to bed a little bit earlier is not a problem. Nothing good goes on after 11 p.m. We all know Ooh. that. Yes, nothing, <laughs> nothing good. Uh, but it, it does take work. I mean, it's not it's not for the faint of heart. You know, I, I always look at it. It's one day at a time. Um, I wake up a lot of gratitude, a lot of gratefulness, um, but also in, improving of the relationships in your life that matter the most. Like I've never been closer to my family than I've ever been before. Uh, and I have, you know, sobriety to thank for that. And I think anybody who's nervous about losing the party scene or losing being cool, like that's a, that, it'll be a good sacrifice for the interim for what yeah. the other benefits are down the line. Man, that's, that's amazing. So then, so Carl, what's, what's next for you? Well, you know, we're we're coming up on season seven here at Summer House, which is always, you know, an exciting time. Um, you know, Loverboy, I'm I'm still an investor there and still, you know, very supportive and affiliated with the company. I'm so proud of what we built. There might be a non-alcoholic edition coming down the line. Nice. Um, I'm also, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, you know, I've, I went to school for TV and film. Yeah. You know, I'm working on some some film projects that okay. are you know, scripted and totally different than than reality TV. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, working on some some other things like you, we talked about today, just I think being able to shed light on, you know, perseverance and difficult challenges in lives, similar to what you're doing with your platform. Like I'm hoping to maybe leverage, you know, my experiences and connecting with others. Yeah. Um, and seeing where that could go. So whether it's, you know, public speaking or podcasting or motivational stuff. You know, I definitely want to continue to explore that because I the conversation we're having is like it 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 feels like my heart beats really well with this because it feels right. Like it, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, I I hundred percent understand. Like I said, I'm I'm with you. It, it man, it's you. Just the this conversation with you has been amazing. Like I said, I mean, like yeah. you you've uh you've touched me in ways. Like I said, you don't even know, and and I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing, you know, your your story with me and 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 the time. So before I let you go. We have to get real and raw, Carl. All right, okay. you, ready? you ready for this? I'm ready. Don't be scared. Here it is. It's Super Bowl weekend, Carl. Okay, who you who you with? You got Philly. You got Casey. Or are you saying I'm just with Rihanna? For the I was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a bad girl, Riri guy all day. Um, yeah. But listen, I love I love the NFL. I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh originally, so I am a Steeler fan. However, I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. Um, he, yes. He's, he's had quite the story from college to professional. He's a, he's a hell of a player. Um, yeah. But I love, Mahomes is, a, is an unbelievable player, too. And I, I like the Chiefs. But I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. Yes, there we go. Carl, I'm with <laughs> you on that, man. I'm a Dirty Bird fan for life, man. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan uh for for life but uh, I, I missed that the dirty bird oh yes See, a lot of people they don't even understand and know it oh, man. J- jamal jamal anderson baby never forget yes all day man all day 
But I, I'm, I'm just like with you, man. I, I love Hurt's story. I love his journey. Um, I, I love how he carries himself. And man, I'm I'm rooting I'm rooting for him uh, uh, this game. And of course, you know I just I want to see Riri do her thing. I know I can't wait to hear the 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 songs she chooses because I heard she was going through like figuring out which ones they were gonna play. Yeah, she's got she's got bangers. She's got hits left and right. So I don't, man, I don't know how they're gonna condense that all into however many minutes the halftime is. That's a that it's a lot. So I mean, yeah, it's it's uh it's gonna be quite interesting and quite fun. And Carl, man, I just want to thank you again so much for your time. Uh, man, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, like I said, man, I give you much props and I have so much respect for you, your journey and uh, and where it has taken you. And I can't wait to see where you go with it from here on out, man. Appreciate you saying that, PJ. And, and again, thanks for you know everything that you're doing with this and you know, I think being able to tell my story and, and be so open and vulnerable with yourself, it, it it feels good on my end, too. So I really appreciate the opportunity and, you know, best of luck with everything and, and go birds. There we go. Go birds. Thank you. <laughs> and Carl, uh, where can people, if they want to uh, get in contact or get some more information or anything like that, how can they get in contact or reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have an email address that people can email me from uh, Instagram. Um, okay. I actually, I'm trying my best to do respond. I, I get a lot of people that have asked for support or advice. You know, not that I'm a, I'm not a, a doctor or therapist, but I can tell you what's worked for me yep. um, and just be a lending lending ear of support. So people can find me on Instagram at Carl Radke, C-A-R-L-R-A-D-K-E. Um, also on Twitter. And then not on TikTok. I'm I'm 38 years old. I'm I'm like, I don't know about TikTok. God, I'm I'm so with you on that, man. My daughter <laughs> pulls I'm like, uh no. Too much. Too like much. too much. I'm like, I'm from like the MySpace journey. Yes, MySpace <laughs> and Facebook and like early on. Like I yeah. it's, it's AOL instant messenger, even like this is <laughs> there it is. Uh -huh. <laughs> like I, I can't do the TikTok is too much for me. Too much. <laughs> oh man. Well, Carl, man, thank you. Hey, you have an amazing Friday. And man, I, uh, I, like I said, I can't wait to see what, what's next for you, man. Thank you, PJ. And best of luck to you and have a great weekend, man. All right. Thank you. You too. All right. Cheers. Cheers.